Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. All the negativities we see around the world, the wars, political situations, as well as individual, are from the ego. When we are depressed, when we are negative, when we are fighting, when we are angry, in a very state of agitation and anxiousness, we are sending out negative energy. And that negative energy is food for astral beings. They live off this. They need that energy. Therefore, they are interested in creating chaos, strife, wars. Planet Earth has got this brown aura now of all its negative karma. And there's a reason for it. It's our time to wake up. Once we understand who we are, divine beings, got the whole universe working with us, we align with that universe, with divinity, with God. We are much stronger than anything else. And from this feeling of unity, harmony and peace for the good of the whole and not for the good of myself, Everything happens for us and not to us. Everything is here to bring us home. But our ego will not allow us to see it that way. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution. I'm your humble host, Amrit Sandhu, and you're tuning in to a conscious conversation designed to help you grow. Our mission here is simple. It's for you to live your purpose, live your best life, live the life you love. This podcast is sponsored by Enthusiasm for Life, by great creation itself. To keep the good vibes flowing for myself and yourself, do us a solid. Subscribe to the Inspired Evolution podcast on YouTube, the home of the Inspired Evolution podcast. Now sit back, relax, open your mind, open your heart to this conversation and stay inspired Keep evolving. Another episode with Hans Wilhelm. He's a repeat favorite here on the podcast. This particular conversation is extremely profound to help us understand the nature of our ego. In order to do that, we dive deep around the origin of ego, our divine nature, and the fall from divinity that we went through as a spirit, soul, humanity, 
being and how ego was instrumental in creating that fall and how it's keeping us in this 3D matter and reality and how to basically reconcile and heal and come back to our inner divine nature. This incredibly profound conversation helping us to learn how to work with our ego, how to dissolve ego and the actual machinations of what our ego presents in day-to-day activities and how to actually witness it better to dissolve it, to be aware of it. This is an incredibly powerful conversation if you want to understand how to better your relationship with yourself. Raise your vibration is something that is thrown around in spiritual circles quite a bit, but I think this is a deeply grounded conversation on understanding that your ego keeps you in a lower frequency and how to actually release the hold of it so that you can actually yeah, come back to your divine nature in many ways. And in there, maybe it is appropriate to say this is a conversation that will help you to learn how to raise your vibration welcome back to the inspired evolution and we have with us inspiring our evolution once again all the way from the depths of explaining our life in the richest possible way hans wilhelm hans welcome back thank you so much thank you amrit delighted to be on your show again it is such a pleasure to have you here. For those that are tuning into Hans, Hans is, uh, yeah, I, I said this again, repeat offender, but it definitely, offend, like, it is not an offense to have you. <laughs> it's such a blessing to have you here. For those that don't know Hans, okay, let me quickly do the honors. By day, he is one of America's foremost author illustrators of children's books. And when you start feeling into Hans's work, it is such an inspiration to feel that his work and this frequency is actually reaching kids all over the world. There's over 42 million books that are in print as of this time. Many of his books have been translated into 30 different languages and some of them have become successful animated television series that are enjoyed by children all over the world. And as usual, today he's here for the work that he does by night, which are his short videos, um, which he creates on the spiritual laws of the universe. And as always, these conversations that we've had with you have been so well received here on the Inspired Evolution uh, podcast. Hans, thank you so much for being here again with us. Thank you again. It was It's great. Let's have a lovely session. <laughs> yeah, it's always interesting to see where these conversations go. Today, we've got a bit of a loose thread and an agenda around ego and where, like, the just the, the purpose of the ego and, you know, what it helps us navigate. Because as in the spiritual dimensions, people talk about healthy ego. People talk about the challenges with ego. Some people say the ego is the enemy. So there's all this noise around the ego. Um, but feeling into your work and your awareness, I think, to start with, um, where where did the ego come into even like place like the origin story of even ego for um humanity i guess yeah yeah that is an interesting question which uh, i try to answer in my video uh, before i started i like to mention that i have zero interest to convince anybody and tell them this is the only way to believe and, and this is how it is this is my understanding of the spiritual path which i have studied for many many years now and for me, it works for me. This is what I believe. And I'm happy to share it and see if it works for others too. Because the information I'm giving is have, have come from the seven-dimensional reality through uh, a prophet, so to speak. And it was given to us in our language so that we can understand it. So I couldn't come up with this subject because, <laughs> because it is so mind-boggling when you hear it. Now, 
when you hear it is one thing, but when you see it in my video, it's easier to understand. So I would try to explain it in words, and I just invite the audience to to imagine it. Now, our everything else, everything what exists, what we call yeah reality, what is around us, who we are is basically nothing than vibration and frequency. We know this from Tesla, we know it from Einstein, everything is vibration. The atom is vibration in truth. There is no such real thing like real, like a material matter. It is all vibration. And our original being is a seven-dimensional reality, which is seven-dimensional form of vibrations. God's spirit, and uh, which we also can call consciousness or love or um, uh, intelligence, or many other words for that is nothing but vibrations, and we are have been part in, uh, of this vibration, which is continuously evolving and continuously creating the universes, the planets, the the mineral kingdom, the animal kingdom, plant kingdom, and also the spirit beings, which are we have some called angels, which you and I have once been. And um, in this process of evolution, in the seven-dimensional reality. At the beginning of, real, uh, of, of this kind of creation, there were a few spirit beings who decided they wanted their own creation. They didn't want to be in the divine creation that was created uh, for them and uh, out of which they actually uh, evolved. They wanted to have their own creation. And by doing so, they basically removed themselves vibrationally from the very highest vibration of love and fell down into a lower vibration, very simply spoken. So they, the original vibrations, the, the, the laws of God, consists of seven energy streams or the laws of God, and they are order, divine will, uh, divine wisdom, earnestness, patience, mercy, and love and mercy. These are sort of the this is the basis of our uh, of what who we are and what uh, everything is made of now these spirit beings who decided to want to have their own reality their own kingdom and beyond it be their own god they switched these energies around 180 degrees yeah 180 degrees basically so out of the divine stream of divine order they created disorder and chaos of the divine stream of will, they created self-will, ego-will, so to speak. Of the divine stream of wisdom, they created the intellect. And of earnestness, they changed into carelessness. Then patience became an impatience, and love became self-love, and merciless, mercy became actually ruthlessness in that way. So all these wonderful love energies out of which love is created they switched around and they became beings of the temporal reality because they basically removed themselves from the eternal reality into the temporal reality when you watch anybody in my video it is very clear to see how i draw that because the vibrations is now much much lower and through abusing these seven divine laws and turning them around the whole behavior pattern, thinking pattern, acting pattern, totally shifted from originally harmony, love, peace, or unity. They switched it all around in basically chaos, in selfishness, uh, dis, uh, dis disorder, and brutality. So they changed the vibrations and became different beings. 
that was the start of the ego, the ego world, because they created the me, me, me world, this, uh, the, 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 uh, the self-centered, the egoistic world, because everybody wanted now to be God. And that is based in very simple terms, what I use here to, to make it understandable, how we originally removed ourselves from the highest vibration and fell down to the lowest vibration. And this lowest vibration you we see everywhere in the world around us. Let's a moment not talk about our personal ego, but when we look around the world, we see the destruction. We see the wars in Gaza and Ukraine. We see how people hate each other. They fight each other internally, the family-wise, also politically-wise, from country to country. This is all the energy of ego. This is all the energy of destroying the original beings who removed themselves from the spiritual, high spiritual vibration, wanted to make a new creation, and they wanted to destroy the divine creation, God. And therefore, they are focused on destruction. And we see the destruction around us everywhere, because ego is not a something which a person has. Also, country have it, groups have it. We call it patriotism. Uh, and so this is another form of ego. And we fight each other because we are on religion and many other different forms of groups we uh, feel to. And there is a group ego. And the group ego fights another group ego. And the result is that in our life, in our world here, we have so much disharmony, so much hatred, because it is all against our true nature, which is love. But we caught up into it. So that is how the very simple words, how ego started. It was a desire of the highest spirit being to be like God. In the Bible, we call it the fall, the fall of angels. They separated themselves from the absolute stream of love and made their own temporary reality by turning around the divine energies of God and made them their own divine laws. This sounds very complex. And I said, if you, anybody wants to see it on my video, it makes a lot of sense when you see it visually. Yeah, but I think but even reading. I think even the way you've described it is actually quite um, is quite illustrative to the point as well. And I will make a link to all the links that we reference. All the references we make will be linked in the show notes below. There we go. I got that out. Um, yeah. The the interesting point being that yeah, there is there was like um, yeah, like there is a reality where everything is divine and perfect in harmony. Um, and then in order to experience creation, there was this rift, and we've had the fall. Um, and in this temporal reality, we've then got this ego that helps us, well, helps us, is part of the dynamics of being part of this temporal reality to interface. And like you said, I think it's really interesting, especially in modern society, because as we start moving into more and more spiritual awarenesses, I think more and more people are generally waking up. Um, I generally feel I might be I might be wrong. <laughs> might just be the echo chamber that I'm involved in, thanks to the podcast. Um, it seems like more people are generally waking up. And yeah, these questions are emerging in terms of, you know, what is the purpose of the me, me, me? Um, and it's interesting to hear that, you know, we have these seven divine dimensional, like these seven divine sort of our inherent spiritual nature. And then we have these seven different points of our ego nature. Um, and you can often see that even within the individual, there's this conflict that we have between the two. You know, sometimes we even want to be merciful, but we we sort of don't believe that it's, you know, right to be altruistic and it's important to punish somebody. You know, you can almost feel that dance in between the two. I'm sure you feel this within yourself to some degree as well. Um, the 
The challenge of modern living, um, you know, and I guess the question being around uh, reconciling our spiritual nature to our ego nature is the lifetime that we've got here on earth in many ways an opportunity to come back to our divine nature and is that the work that we've got to do is then to try and soften the the propensity or the momentum of these natures of the ego like how do we start to work with some of this hey you're inspired tribe i want to take a quick sec i wanted to share something today with you that is really dear to my heart and it's actually what keeps the entire ecosystem around the inspired evolution thriving my one-on-one coaching So it's basically coaching that helps you live a spiritually aligned life. I coach people from all different types of walks of life, but these people are leaders and they're looking to have an incredible spiritual impact in lives that they're leading for themselves and then also lead in alignment to their values. Now, you don't have to take my word for it. Here's a few people that have also transformed through my coaching and here's what they have to say. Amrit is a fantastic coach. In a few sessions, he got to a depth that I'd only experienced before working with certain medicines. And He's gone through a lot of the struggles that you're probably facing. Then my corporate banking job wasn't really doing it. You feel like you're not making progress towards your goals. And Amrit's been a really strong, supportive figure in my journey. I'm more in control of myself. I'm kinder to myself. I actually have that vision and a purpose. I do feel like I'm a better version of myself already. Amazing energy. He was easy to talk to, which made me easy to trust him. Working with Emmerich at nine o'clock on a Saturday morning and really I was bouncing out of bed. Whenever I get off the calls with Emmerich, best money we've ever spent. I would not recommend him because I don't want everyone to know about him and then I won't be able to book him. If he gets too busy, I won't get my turn. I would say absolutely. There's no way you can work with Amrit for a period of time without being transformed. So if you're considering him as a coach, do not hesitate because you won't be disappointed. As you guys can see, there's a lot of people all over the world from all these different corners experiencing incredible transformations. I don't think, if I can say humbly myself, that there is anything quite like this somewhere else online. Most people that you know have channels that you know grow and grow and grow don't really focus on one-to-one offerings. I have just found that it is the most profound space where you can bring yourself in a private container and really just share what's going on for yourself. And if you want to book in for that call with me, touch base, it's www amrit.coach forward slash life that's www.amrit.coach forward slash l-i-f-e there is a link in the show notes below to book in that call and yeah if you want to take your journey further if you want to dive in deeper and you really want to live a spiritually aligned life if it's for you please do check it out and without too much further ado once again for your spirit for yourself Absolutely, absolutely right. Our goal, the way I see it, as as a spirit being who have gone temporary here into the in this world, is basically to undo our karma, which we may have carried from previous lifetimes, and to become divine again, to become back into the high vibration. And the tools for us in the Western world are very simple. There's nothing unusual. It's this, the Ten Commandments, which anybody knows, even not necessarily Christian. And then there is the uh, Sermon on the Mount, very clear, where Christ gives exactly the meekness and love and helping others and serving others. And the Golden Rule, which is in every culture. So these are very simple tools how we basically can wake up and undo the negativity. So it's no secret. We don't have to join any any religion, any any rituals or anything like this. Just by living these very simple 
uh, divine instructions which have been given to us, we can slowly move ourselves away from our self-centered me, 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 and understand that there is a whole here to which we are, of which we are part. There is a unity. And we make our decision for the whole and for everyone, not only for ourselves. And we see the connection with everything. When we identify with whom we truly are, this divine spirit being, then our decisions, our thinking, our actions are automatically different. But unfortunately, in our day-to-day -day life, we forget about who we truly are. We immediately identify with our ego because our ego is always reacting very quickly to whatever comes to us. And we forget who we truly are. But a bit of practice, a bit of exercise helps us to step back, take two breaths and says, whom am I right now? I mean, the question is, who am I? Is there is the answer in that one. And when we realize who we are, that we are part of this enormous divinity, then we also are realizing that we have enormous strength and power to overcome and not do the things which our ego wants us to do. Because even that question, who am I, can be um, hijacked by the ego, right? When you ask, who am I, there's an I that sometimes is very ego-oriented. It's like, okay, so I'm going to achieve this, and I'm going to do that, and I'm going to be this, and I'm going to be that. Um, and then there's the, but who are you beyond all of that as well, with the who am I, you know, why am I here in this time? Um, and it's interesting watching the propensity that the ego has to yeah, just find its way into these really interesting places that we have. Because even in, um, even in the, you know, I've, I've put my hand up and be like, I've been, I've been guilty of this. I've noticed this before. It's like judging others for their approach to life, you know, and just going, oh, I'm not sure that's the most constructive way. Um, and then noticing that actually they're on their path, you know, after a while and going, oh, they're completely entitled to their path because they're, they're a soul on their own journey. But there have been moments where I've suffered from spiritual ego. <laughs> I would definitely admit that. And it's interesting watching just how, yeah, it's, I don't want to say tenderly, um, but it does have like these tendrils to it, the ego, like it sort of creeps into these cracks and crevices, um, into all these different spaces, even as you try to evolve your awareness. And, you know, I think you describing the fall is a really beautiful, um, point to carry in this conversation, because it's almost, you know, I hear people say this a lot, like raise your frequency, raise your vibration. And it seems somewhat, um, I don't want to say superfluous, but wispy. It doesn't seem like something tangible. But when you start to describe it in this particular conversation, it starts to make a lot of sense to me, um, this raise your vibration, because it's almost like us doing the work on softening our ego and raising our vibration back to the original seven divine uh, elements of our nature, um, our divine nature then goes, oh, okay, like I sort of see the point in us, you know, re recovering from the fall, almost like doing this healing journey individually and collectively, would you say? Yeah, and uh, of course, our day-to-day -day life, you're absolutely right, it makes it very difficult for us to suddenly stand back and reflect and, and, and say, oh, what is it? How, do I, how did I react or how will I react? That's uh, the big problem that we don't allow ourselves to find out who we are, which we can find out when we totally follow our feelings, our sensations, which tells us that this and that is not right or wrong. So we, we do have this inner guidance, but usually we are so busy with our head that we don't follow this. And one of the best tools I found always is to have at least once, if not twice, 
sort of a review of my day so far in the morning and at lunchtime and so on to look at what went wrong, what went right in the evening as well, what went wrong in the right, instead of immediately rushing into the next day. By looking back, we can find out where we have actually uh, gone, acted and thought egoistically uh, and where we have not. Um, that is a start, what I found very, very helpful to really make this self-discovery and self-understanding uh, that is the first step and don't curse ourselves for not being without any ego and be already uh, highly spiritually evolved that takes time to be, be it took us eons and eons to fall as deep as we have fallen here to planet earth where all this cruelty is happening so it will take some time to come back as well to that energy but we do this day by day and i think the sim most simple way or the most easiest way is to have at least in the evening, if we don't try today, at least in the evening we go to bed to really look back what was it, what really upset me, what made me angry, what, what made me fearful, what made me envious, what made me whatever negative feeling I have. That actually is a wonderful way to find out where our weak points are. Now, I like to add something else. The problem is all our weak vibrations or weak points that we do have are absolutely known on the other side and the spiritual side. Uh, are visible because they are part of our aura. Our aura is basically our ego world. And that ego world can be seen by what we call negative entities, astral beings. The astral beings have very negative intention and want to really suck our energy and use us for their own negative destruction goals. So many of the thoughts, actions which we have are not necessarily coming from us. They were injected from other negative being if you and I, I explained it more detail in my video on evil so there is a lot of other things not all the negativity that we do automatically comes from us we have maybe been inspired or how shall i say influenced that's the word by these negative entities and therefore the evening review i think is vitally vitally important because particularly we men are not used to look at our emotions and our feelings. We are always in our head, women, of course, too, to agree, but men, so more so, we do not talk about emotions, we don't look at our emotions, but our emotions are give us the clue of who we are and what went wrong and what went right in our life. That's how we find it out. We have to look at the emotions. They are our guide yeah, for self-recognition. Yeah, and I find that really, it's, um again, the simplicity of the tools is always useful because I, I love simple tools because I have always found, and I, I think I've said this to you before, um, when people overcomplicate things, I find uh, like now with having been on this journey for like six, seven years with a podcast, I'm like, why is it so complicated? Why, what are you trying to sell me? <laughs> you know? But when it's simple, it's always like, yeah, there's, there's, de this definitely feels um, like there's wisdom impregnated here. And yeah, the, the self-reflection piece, exactly how you described is, um, is quite a profound tool and I actually found um recently the well what I've been doing for quite some time but um you know I, I have a relationship with it and what I do is I um I just video journal actually um I'll pull out mm -hmm. my phone and I'll just talk to myself on a video mm. um and I used to do it audio and it's if I find it really really helpful because I used to find going you know having conversations with counselors and stuff like this can be really helpful to process information and allow things to like leave the system as you're just talking through it um but you don't need someone there you can you know a, a camera and a microphone can hold space for you as well and allows for a great space of reflection I think it's really interesting because as you do an audit of your day it's like well this particular interaction you know whether it's with your spouse whether it's with your boss whether it's 
experience with your friend, you know, didn't quite go the way that I wanted it to go. What happened there? And, um, you know, I think this is a, a nice way to segue into, you know, the three pri- oh, the three pillars of the ego, I guess, or the three prime beliefs of the ego that you describe. I'll let you describe them to us. But I've found, um, yeah, I've found again and again that as I do, a, like if I do a reflection, there's a few, like those, those elements rear their heads and that's predominantly what was going on. Like I was driving from the place of one of these three beliefs um, that are central to the ego's machinations, uh, machinations. Yeah. Can you describe the three um, central pillars? Well, I think you're referring to the three, like first one is, in the, mm-hmm. is lack, that we believe in lacks. Uh, lacks means not enough. There isn't enough food. There isn't enough power for me. There is not enough job opportunity. There are not enough women for me, <laughs> whatever there may be enough. It's the belief of lack, which is our ego gives us the first thing. This it says you better you better work hard, you better work. It's intense, and so because there isn't enough from the pie, you better fight for it. And then the next point is attachment. Once we have reached something and achieved something, we are attached to it. And when we are attached to something, we want to control it. We don't want to lose it. These are the things. So lack, attachment, and control, which is totally opposite, totally opposite to divinity. Divinity has no lack because divinity is full fullness. Divinity doesn't attach anything because it is shared with everyone. There's utter freedom. And most certainly divinity never controls because divinity always allows the free will of each individual. So these three things are not our true original, our uh, true, uh, what shall I say, divine uh, qualities, which you and I have. We are divine beings. So by nature, we are not attached to lack, attachment and uh, and, and control because we are divine beings. We are, we know that sharing is much stronger. And we know also deep down there is an abundance. And we don't need to control anybody. Um, so to come back to this kind of thing, we have to sort of uh, slowly work ourselves back to it. And I think what you mentioned earlier about the simplicity, um, uh, Gabriele, who is the uh, prophetess of the divine words, he always says, God is ingenious simplicity. And he doesn't have any secrets and so on. Whatever the spiritual world shares with us, which I share further in my books and my videos as I understand them, um, is extremely simple. And that's why I was blown away by it. And you don't have to join anything. There is no membership. There are no priests. There are no teachers. I'm not a teacher. I merely share what I discover. So when you're totally free of all these kind of external religious or spiritual kind of frames, and you're totally connected to divinity within yourself, then suddenly everything becomes much more stronger. And this answers also the next question, which I think or the next, um, how shall I say, point people always bring up. But there is a healthy ego. We must have a healthy ego. Now, many people believe in it, and that's fine, and I don't want to change them, their mind on that one. That is not my intention. But my personal understanding is, once we understand who we are, we are a thousand times stronger than any healthy, so-called healthy ego. Once we understand that we are divine beings, that we have have got the whole universe working with us, for us, if we align with that universe, with divinity, with God, you ever may call it. We are much stronger than anything else. And when we make our decision from this feeling of unity, harmony, and peace for the good of the whole and not for the good for myself, we don't need a, a healthy ego. We are just our true self. And when we are our true self, we always make the best decision. When we are really coming from that understanding that we are these strong, 
divine beings in line and in harmony with the greatest power there ever is, which is divinity or the God spirit. Does it make sense? Yeah, beyond makes sense. It's incredibly inspiring, actually, to hear you share that. Thank you so much. And there's two points. I do want to talk about the the grip that these three have on us. And maybe I should go there before, you know, yeah. segueing into the next thing. But I do find that there is a grip, you know, that control, attachment and lack sort of have on reality. And I don't want to describe it this way, but it's it's the only way I can really approach the conversation. It's almost like if I was to let go of lack, let go of my attachments and let go of control, there's so much fear for the ego that it's going to like, well, like where do I land? <laughs> you know, it's like just, it becomes so slippery and, you know, maybe that's exactly the mechanism that's meant to be in place to sort of land back in spirit and our divine nature. But the, like you can almost see, I almost see it as like I'm rock climbing and those are the hooks <laughs> that the ego has to climb into where it's going. And maybe climb is the perfect metaphor as well. Um, but yeah, that's the grip. And I guess, the question really being around the anxiety or maybe even anxiety is not the right word, but the trepidation, there is fear, I guess. I can definitely say fear around loosening the grip of these mechanisms. Um, yeah. Inviting us to do that work. And, you know, then, cause you know, some of our everyday being is actually anchored into a center around these let's call them neuroses of the ego, I guess, in these three pillars. Um, many of us are centered around some of our attachments, our sense of lack. You know, we identify with that. We build an identity. We've got a maybe artificially constructed center, but a center around these nonetheless. How do we unpick and unlet go of the grip of these to sort of come back to a whole new center and, you know, confront the fear of doing so and allowing it to be so slippery? Sorry, it's a big question and I've spent a lot of time asking it, but I think yeah, no, I think you you touch the first thing. So first of all, the first step is always to become aware of it. Mm. The moment you become aware of it, that you are having this this motor car and this big villa and the job description and, and, and the trophy wife and so on, just to impress other people, that's already a step. It doesn't mean that you can change overnight. But that's because, oh, I don't really need it for myself. I just want it to be my ego, to feed my ego. That first step is a very important one, to realize I have all this stuff and acquire all this stuff just to get the approval and acceptance from other people. That's what the ego always wants. They want the love and attention and, and, and approval from other people. And for that, we we, we have all the, the, the attachments which we have, increments, and to, to, to show off, to impress others, and to be better than everybody else. That is the goal of the ego to, to do that. And the, goal, and the ego has one other thing. It continuously keeps us either in the future or in the past. It always tells us you were not good in the past and in the future you may not have enough, etc. So our th thinking is always past, future. In the present, the, the power, the ego is absolutely powerless. It cannot exist if we are really present. Because in the present, we have no needs. We no needs like this. We don't need to impress anybody, etc. It is all gone. When we are present, when we are totally in the here and now, then the ego is absolutely powerless because as Byron Katie always says, now is another word for God. The moment we're linking with God, which is being present, the ego has no power of us. And the ego has the power of us and because the ego helps us to identify ourselves with our physical body. 
It's all related to our physical body, how we look, what we have, what we possess. And therefore, ego is also the one element in us which makes us so fearful of death. Because the ego believes that the moment I die, I, I, uh, the ego dies, which is not true. The ego is our uh, programs which we pr take over into the spiritual world and maybe into the next lifetime. So death does not evolve, um, um, free us from our ego, unfortunately. So, But the ego tells us, don't die because then there's nothing there. It's the end of existence of me because we are so strongly identified with the ego. So we have to keep in mind that the ego is powerless in the here and now when we are truly present. I mean, the, per the, the genius who has told us about it, I'm sure is as known as in Australia, the everywhere else around is Edgar Kolle with the power of now, which is a wonderful piece of work, exactly the power of now. There is all the power in the now. This is what I said earlier. Who are we? I am divine, divine child of God and have all the abundance, the fullness, but once I, I can only access it in the here and now. I cannot access in the future and not in the past. Therefore, the idea to stay as much as possible in the here and now is, of course, the preferred way of living. Yeah, I've got my own relationship with, um, well, I was trained by a guy told for six months, but my own relationship with, um, yeah, having spent so much time in the past and, you know, the depression that that brought along, you know, all those years ago, touch wood and learning to, you know, be anchored in the present is, is quite a blessing um, and quite a journey to go on as well. Um, but for those people just to sort of, you know, fill in the conversation, Hans, for those people that are listening in and, you know, feel like, you know, it's important to, you know, reflect on our past and it's important to be able to look into our future. Um, what do you say to that conversation? Um, just so we can, yeah, just um, find it, find the place for where that actually does belong. I'm, I'm not quite sure I get your question right. I mean, I mentioned we, our preferred way is to be in the present if we can do that through exercise, through reflection and so on. I, I, but I don't know whether that is the answer you were looking for. Yeah, but there is a, like the ego has this propensity to look back on the past and the ego also has this propensity to look forward in the future. And it is a mechanism um, that is present and yes, uh, that is available. I'm conscious at the present moment, as you described, and I love that the now is God. <laughs> like that is just so great. Um, the work of Byron Katie there. But, you know, for some people they say, oh yeah, but it's really important to be able to look back, learn from our mistakes. And, you know, there is this real, there is a, there is a, um, there, it is necessary. It is good to actually be able to look back and reflect. Um, and, you know, there is also, you know, being able to future forecast and look forward and sort of see how, you know, we want to live our life potentially even is useful and it's able to, you know, it's good to be able to forecast. So people will make a case for, you know, not being present, you know, being able to look forward is important and not being present and being able to look back and reflect is important. How do you reconcile the importance of being able to look forward into the future and being able to look back and learn from our mistakes with being present in the present moment. As long as we are living here on earth in this very low temporal reality, we can't be otherwise. We do look back and we look at the future. This is our, we continuously fighting between these two things and we struggle to be in the now. And I says, it, and it's nothing bad as such. Mm. Again, the attachment is a bad thing. Being attached to the past or when then when I was a king, when I was great or whatever, or being attached to a future, has that's where the problem is. So, as I said earlier, 
the reflection of our action and our feelings throughout the day in the evening preview is a very helpful tool. So there is nothing wrong by looking back what happened during the this day or what happened in my last 10 years, what happened in my marriage, etc. So reflective is absolutely powerful and necessary. And the future as well, as we want to plan our future, you are family father, you want to have certain goals you want to have. The problem is attachment. How attached are you? And are you acting out of lack Said the lack attachment control, or are you acting out of your true uh, what is the gifts, your talents, what is the what you can contribute? So it's a different thing how you motivate the future. Do we do it out of lack? Then we have some problems because your the choices will not be very productive. But if you act out of abundance, sort of way, oh, I'm strong enough, I can do this, these are my qualities, I like to bring this quality into the world and help people, then it's a different story altogether. So again, it comes our attachment to lack. If we believe in lack, we have a problem. And also uh, attachment as such is actually the key to everything. So reflecting of the past is helpful to correct our path and to make changes. And in the future, as well, planning is also very important. I plan my day tomorrow in advance every night. I make a list of what I have to do tomorrow, because if I don't do this, I probably procrastinate and probably don't do it. I, for me, I found out writing a little note of what I would want to achieve tomorrow has been a very helpful tool. So there is nothing wrong to look into the future and in the past. The problem is only our attachment. It's like with everything. It's our attachment to everything, which gives us... Uh, uh, which 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 binds us because that is binding, and the ego always binds. Mm. Thank you so much for clarifying that. And uh, yeah, I find myself believing the same thing, right? Like, which is similar to like, if I'm in the past, it's totally fine to reflect. If I'm in the future, it's totally for okay to future forecast. But it's when you get stuck there or attached to oh my future state, and that becomes my operating system. I'm just running after my future state all the time, and it's like whoa <laughs> like come back be present you know there's a whole there's a whole opportunity there um and yeah like a healing and you know we, we're having a quite a well seven dimensional and spiritual conversation yeah but also to um you know just make it a little bit more 3d for the moment um just the the mental health challenges that we have across the planet um you know one in two that you know forecasted 2025 to be anxious or depressed for me that means spending time in the future is anxiety spending time in the past you know um depressed and that's one in two that's whew, that's a lot when you think there's eight billion people on the planet there's four billion people potentially struggling with this um you know and i think you know, now we're talking about ego, lack, control, um, you know, and yeah, these, these, these elements that are in there and attachment. Um, now it seems to be quite easy in this particular point in this conversation to go, oh yeah, you know, do you see these as being the key sources of a lot? I want to say all, we can't be absolutist here, but a lot of the mental suffering that exists on the planet, in your opinion? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Other mentors, I think there are so many reasons. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't make an assumption what it is, but there are so many reasons why people suffer, and it's it's basically a karmic. I mean, this is the karma coming back to us. There is uh, an, an illness; is, it can be as, as also a depression. So, if we are depressed, there is something of the past which needs to be cleared up. Uh, so, I feel find that is a very important thing. And the other thing is also when we look at uh, depression and ego, the first thing which comes to my mind. Many forms of depression are nothing but uh, failed manipulations, which means I have done everything to hold on to my wife, but she ran away with a, with a gardener, and I tried everything, etc., but nothing worked, and I'm totally depressed because all my manipulations to make her stay with me and not run away with the gardener have failed. Control. You can do that, and that's so we get ourselves into the thing. It's failed manipulation. Now, this is not all depression, but this is a typical form of depression why people are depressed because I didn't get the jobs I wanted to have. I tried everything, etc., etc. And it's too many no's, 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 and we identify with the no's, not with the possibilities, and eventually we become sort of uh, hopeless, and uh, because we have failed, all our manipulation have failed. Now, then again, we have to look into it. What are the manipulation? Where do they come from? Where they come, like, for instance, I said, the wife who ran away with the gardener, that was an attachment and control issue. That was an ego issue, very clear. So what is it that why I was trying to manipulate so desperately? Again, it is always ego. Or if it's a love thing, we would not react that way. We would not be depressed. And therefore... It comes always back from ego. All this, as I said earlier in the show, all the negativities we see around the world, the, the wars, etc., and our doom political situations, as well as individual, are from the ego. They are created by the ego world and ego energy, and they are often forced and energized by outside forces through loose energy, which the person, let me explain that. When we are depressed, when we are negative, when we are fighting, when we are angry, when we are in a very state of agitation and anxiousness, we are sending out energy, negative energy. And that negative energy is food for astral beings. They live off this. They need that energy. Therefore, they are interested in creating chaos, strife, wars, uh, fights. So we are very often the the punching ball of of these uh, these entities as well this, so that is another whole kind of aspect which comes into the picture of enormous depression sadness darkness on this world we are having individually an aura and this aura is nothing but our ego world these are all our programs which we have our belief system which are we are sending out and spirit being can see it some advanced a human being can also see the aura but there are in many cases murky brown because this is our thinking and our behavior pattern. And that is the whole world. The whole planet Earth has got this brown aura now of negativity, of all this negative karma which is coming there. And we are living in it. 
And there's a reason for it. There's a blessing in this as well. It's our time to wake up. Sometimes we have to have a very extreme situation to wake up or to undo the karma, which we have over lifetime to lifetime accumulated. So maybe at one time we will have a very serious kind of illness, pain, suffering, depression, to let the karma flow out of our soul and be free of the karma. So the whole thing of the, as negative as the world is with all the wars and so on, it, but it is also in many ways an undoing of karma, which has been evolved, which has developed over eons and eons of time. Whoa. There's a, um, it brings a whole, encouragement is the word I'm looking for. It brings a whole encouragement to, you know, try to not operate from some of the ego's machinations and rather from, you know, your divine nature. Because as you mentioned, there's multiple layers happening and working in effect at any given time. And oftentimes we feel like, oh, if I just, you know, maybe I'm just satisfying the craving of my ego in this particular point and it's okay. But it's like, yes, but there's also, that's also has its own momentum it's building a propensity in a certain direction as opposed to okay like if i can just work with this at the moment to sort of see what the divine nature of this is actually calling through and trying to work through that it may seem like quite a small and subtle shift that you're making when you start to think about the ripple effect that that has consequentially for yourself and maybe even the collective um, it actually starts to weigh in a lot heavier but heavy is not the right word because it's lighter more light um but i think yeah is that safe to say um oh i think it's an excellent idea but as i said earlier most of us are not trained to do this reflective thing when we do something we are usually in a reactionary kind of mood we are not responding and it's actually um we are defining ourselves through our responses and most of us are reacting sort of there is somebody hitting me or somebody hurting me i immediately punch back this is sort of we don't sit there and reflect and that's why i say it does help to start maybe with the evening review to have a look at what happens and uh, maybe next time i act differently with my brother-in-law etc it can be somebody else you always interact with but this time you blew up but tomorrow you will see him again and maybe then because of this reflective moment you had in the evening the next day you will interact differently with him so i believe very strongly that is the other tool the other very important tool which the divine world gave us as well and it's an old saying as well but we need as i said it's a simple tool but it's a very effective tool whatever negativity we are facing may it be an illness may it be a depression may it be a loss may it be whatever it is and our ego says oh baby that's the end of the world look for the positive in the negative or as we say that look for the silver lining in around the cloud but nothing can exist without the energy of divinity even the most negative situation and character and person is only alive because it does have the energy vibration of divinity in it and if we focus of divinity in that thing, of the divine point, of the positive thing, of what could probably happen through this event, which is positive for us, so that I maybe become free of uh, something and make a new direction in my life. When we focus on the positive, we immediately change our own vibration and we immediately get strength from the now, from divinity, from the presence. 
So I would say always look for the positive in whatever happens to us because there is an instant way of vibration that comes in us. And when we do that, the next step, if possible, and I've made a whole video on this one, be grateful for it. I know it's very tough when we are very sick and when we are sort of losing our job and partner, whatever, to say thank you. But in the end, when we have gone through this whole thing and we look back either in this lifetime or when we make our life review, at the, when we move over into the higher spheres, well, it had to happen and it was all for the good because everything, as Byron Katie says again, happens for us and not to us. Mm. This includes our depression, it replaces uh, the person we have lost, the job we have lost. It is all for us. Everything is here to bring us home. But our ego will not allow us to see it that way. It immediately says, oh, you're losing something. You're losing a partner, a job, your health. That's bad. Mm. Not telling you that maybe this may be the, the step to more freedom, to make a new choices. So the ego is very attached to what is and what should be in the future. You mentioned reflection a couple of times in this conversation and following the work of people that are walking a more conscious path, let's just put it that way, or a more aware path than potentially, you know, being consistently obstructed by the ego. Um, maybe even suffocated by the ego is, a, is, a, is an appropriate term, often refer to, you know, and you've used the word reflection versus reaction. And, you know, when you start to reflect, there's this connotation of the witness um, and being spending more time in a, in a witnessing state. And obviously, you know, to walk around in the witness 24-7 starts to overwhelm the ego as a, as a how do I control that? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, there's this, you know, I've... I guess it's a body of work that I've been working on Touchwood for myself for a while is how to spend less time engaged in the machinations and to just witness the machinations as they emerge. Um, and I'm conscious that it's not, I don't want to say, you know, I'm intermediate at this and there's a beginner path, but I don't think it's for the beginner to sort of say, oh yeah, I'll just step into this witness all the time. Um, but trying to be in a space of witness I've noticed some really interesting things because the witness also in the space of witnessing things, it gives you the opportunity for things to just somehow drop and dissolve as well. You know, um, there are some really profound pieces that witnessing holds in my own experience, but I guess for us to just open up the conversation with yourself around, yeah, uh, maybe you've got a different terminology for it, like witness consciousness or witnessing and, you know, you know, just being in that, I don't want to say ever-present state of reflection um, as things are happening, but, you know, working towards that to some degree. Um, I call it the witness. Does it make sense? Can you articulate? Oh, yeah. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I wouldn't use that, that term. I don't use the term, but basically being self-observant. Yeah, self to, to discover yourself of who you are, which is basically can be the witness, a third kind of entity to look at you and your, your interaction with other people. I think the, the witness is a wonderful thing. And I, 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 I tried it many times as well when I read for for the first time. It didn't stick with me. That's a problem <laughs> for some reason. Um, but uh, that doesn't mean it's just, it just didn't work for me. But I, I just feel more... In the right now, what what how do I react? How do I react? Not the third person, but uh, more, but more myself. How do I react? How do I respond? What is happening in my stomach? What is happening in my emotionally? In my yeah, to to use my body as um, 
how shall I say, as a, to decipher what's actually going on out there. So because my body tells me exactly whether I am I'm afraid, whether I'm angry, whether etc., whether, whether there is something here happening. So the body is for me my guide of often case. Of course, there's also intuition that you know something without any physical reaction. But the physical reaction is so clear, the emotions coming up so instantly. But as I said, we men are not used to look at them and we don't want them. We can always push them down. My next question is going to be, um, I, actually, I'm going to ask this question because I've been meaning to ask it for a while and I haven't been able to tuck it in and then I'll get to the next question. Um, is, you know, and this is bringing us back out of the 3D back to the 7D in some ways, um, is, you know, the meek shall inherit the earth. Like when I first heard that, it like it, you know, it still in some ways is requires some understanding of the word meek to some degree because it makes it sound like the meek seems like those that aren't the strong, um, and there's a the way you've broken this down. Your work has actually helped me understand meekness in a very different way. Um, can you describe uh, meekness for the? divinity that it entails what for me this is actually the, a state where you are not having any ego any self-will where you surrender to the will of divinity the god's will the the what is good for everyone mm. so you say you stand back and let that happen what is good for everyone for the well-being of all not only human being but everything animals etc everything else now this may be seen as a weakness but in truth, it is a strength because we are linking immediately up with the highest power. The, there may still be what we are talking about. We may be afraid that maybe a powerful, egoistic person can come and exploit those meek people. I think that's what basically our ego tells us. How do you want, why do you want to be meek? Because someone else could easily come and abuse you. Mm -hmm. That is possible. That is a, definitely a, a possibility. But anything is possible for us here in the 3D world. Uh, and we can be abused and killed, as we see in the, in the television every day. That is actually, you don't have to be meek for that, but you get killed. These are things of karmic things which can happen to us. That's quite possible. But in the absolute reality, when we align with the highest vibration, which is love, peace, and harmony, there is nothing stronger than that. And that is meekness. is because I don't have to have my show of ego. It says, look here, who I am, etc. I go with the flow. And I think this is a wonderful example about the fish. As long as the fish is swimming in the stream of water, it is happy, it is abundant, it has everything. But the moment it jumps out and falls on, is on, the, uh, on the shore, it is struggling, it is fighting. Now, the water doesn't uh, condemn them. It doesn't judge the fish. Neither does the water tell them what to do. The fish on its own way eventually has to find a way back into the water to feel the abundance again. And a meek person, as you mentioned earlier, for me is a person who totally is aware of the utter abundance and strength in them. They may just not show that strength in what how our ego usually perceives a so-called strong person, because they don't need to. I remember, think about uh, when Christ was uh, before crucifixion and we, he was at the, in the court uh, situation, where when they asked him, who are you, and so on, and condemned him there to, to be crucified, he was absolutely quiet, meek. I mean, he could have the, 
millions of uh, angels or what help him, whatever you want to believe in, but he had all the powers, but he did the opposite. He, were, he stood there quietly, meekly, but because he had all this power behind him and he knew who he was. He didn't have to show off to the, to the others who he was. He knew and he was connected to that tremendous uh, energy, what we call God. And that, I think, is the meekness. A true meek person knows that there's nothing that can happen to him if they align with that power. As you were describing that, um, what's present and I'm hearing in the back of my head is also when Christ was being crucified on the cross, it wasn't a, you know, forgive them, God, for they know not what they do. There was no angst. There was no anger. There was no charge. Right. There was no yelling. Right. It was this, you know, solemn prayer you know, humbly spoken yeah. between... We have the example of, of a perfect, the most powerful entity ever incarnated here, I guess, and yet in an appearance, meek, and and uh, unfortunately the word meek has this negative connotation, yeah. but only comparison to our worldly ego. Mm. Meek means, oh, anybody can exploit me, but no, it's not true. Yes, they can do stuff to it, like they did to Jesus, but there was a strength but they were linked to the highest power. So they were linked to the seven dimension, whilst we are here still struggling in the three dimensional small <laughs> little one. But they were with the seven dimension. It says, who are you trying to fool? Mm. <laughs> Basically, you would laugh at it if it wouldn't be so sad. <laughs> but yeah. That brings me to my question that I was wanting to ask as well, which is ego leadership, the world, the current state that it's in, because leadership and governance at the moment, um, yeah, seems to be driven heavily by ego and power. Um, how can managing ego, in your opinion, lead to, I guess, more compassionate leadership? And do you think there is a, the, the world needs more of that, in your opinion? Oh, very much so. Yeah. I mean, uh, no, we do need those leaders and we had those leaders. We had them and we may still have them, but unfortunately they're not showing at the moment. We had for a typical, a typical example is Gandhi who changed, who set millions of people free by not killing anybody. And another wonderful example, of course, is Mandela, who, when he came into power, that people all expected there would be a major bloodshed. The black people would rise against the white people. That was totally expected. And he came and he introduced the Truth and Reconciliation uh, Committees, where people actually had to forgive each other. Those who perpetrated others had to forgive each other, look into their faces and forgive each other. That was public on a stage. And everywhere around the country, he made these Truth and Reconciliation Committees. And that, um, how shall I say, undid all the energy, that all, all the negativity was taken out. And there was no bloodshed as we as we had expected, because he was a true statesman, a true leader. So was Gandhi. Actually, actually, in, in India as, as well. I don't know the prime minister, but there was only a few years ago an attack from Pakistan terrorists who blew up many a hotel, a, a well-known hotel in Dubai, in in Mumbai, I think. And um, many people died there. And of course, normally, if it would be W. Bush, he would react and send bombs over to Pakistan. He didn't. He, he held, he stopped, he reflected and says, I'm not reacting like that. He sent later on his CIA kind of people over there and dealt with those terrorists in Pakistan. But he did not react. America reacted on 9-11 in a big way and made them huge killed millions of people. Oh, how dare you try to do something to me? And unfortunately, the leaders right now, which we have at the moment, 
and I don't want to list them. I think every <laughs> every viewer knows we them. We don't have enough time as well. <laughs> in, yeah, have enormous egos, and out of their egos, they invade other people and other countries and so on, because it's an ego trip. As I said earlier, ego is not just for human beings. Ego is also for groups of people and nations. And that is the unfortunate thing. So we one ego against the other ego. And again, it come, fits into the video I explained right at the beginning. It is all built on destruction and chaos, destruction and chaos, destruction and chaos. And we just have to be aware of this. Hopefully we can elect some wise people again. Mm. Um, but um, if that is not the case, at least try to be wise, loving and caring in our own small environment and whatever happens has to happen and whatever happens in the end is happening for us and not to us yeah i think it's really important to reflect on that because yeah even when we look at the concept of of war when you have the egos of particular leaders that are older facing off against each other you have actually young people that don't even know each other blowing each other up, killing each other, and just the karmic debt that's being accrued, you know, um, is heartbreaking to even try to consider um, touch wood, you know, and, yeah, you know, with, I guess, wiser leadership, there is an opportunity for us as an entire species not to accrue such karmic debt, I guess, touch wood, um, yeah. is what I'm hearing from you as well. Mm. Yeah. But as I said, these are the things which unfortunately happen in this world, and I think they were maybe increased it for a while. So all the more important for us to develop a connection with our inner divinity. We need it in the future more than anything else to really know that we are never alone. We are always, the, the whole universe is in us. It's not that we are in the universe, the universe is in us. It's another video which people can watch. But it is all in us. The, all the energy, all the divinity is in us. And, the, uh, and we do, and it is helpful to have that inner connection. And they said something else I'd like to come back when we spoke about earlier about the daily re evening review. And you mentioned that you make your audio tapes, which I think is a great idea. I also strongly believe to make, if you can, if you are alone in a place where you can feel not observed and so on, to have it in a prayer with your own divinity, whether it's God, Christ, whoever you believe in, and do it loud. Have your day's review loud with him. I did this, etc. Can you help me tomorrow to deal differently with that? Have this inner contact, the father-son contact. God the father and we are the son or daughter. Because that is the loving father in us who wants nothing else than to his child to return back home to the seven dimension as his child, as the pure angel again. And any, give all the uh, help is given to us. We have all the energies in us. We have got the assistant. We have got our guardian angel who helps us, who can guide us. And we have got also all the divinity in us, the whole universe and is in us. So... Make use of it. We have to learn to make use of it. It's not afraid of it because uh, our guardian spirits are here. They want to help us. So if we turn to them or to our to Christ or to God, that is exactly why they are here. So it's like you have got a, you are sick and you have got a nurse and doctor standing next to you, and you are not you're ignoring them. I'd rather be sick. I'd rather be sick. I'd rather be sick. But I'm not turning to the doctor and the nurse. 
That's what most people are doing at the moment because they're not aware that the doctor and the nurse is right next to them. It's inside in us. At this juncture, I, I think it's important to have a conversation around the fact that prayer is a practice as well, you know, and I use the word practice consciously because I think many people don't pray because, well, I remember this for myself as like, oh, I don't, I don't know how or, you know, I don't know how to do it right. I don't know how to do it correctly. Um, and, you know, there's so many threads in there as well. Like one of the other threads that I remember for myself was um, I don't know what to pray for, you know, and it's like, you know, it's, you know, uh, reminding myself a couple of things there that, you know, prayer is a practice. Firstly, that, you know, the more I practice, the better I'll get at it. And actually, I don't need something to pray for any given moment, touch wood. It's more about actually, well, building an intimacy, like you said, building that connection, even the way you described it is, you know, it's more about connection building with what is divine rather than actually, you know, because many people, oh, I'll pray for something material, you know, like, I don't know what to pray for. And it's like, it's not about, you know, manifesting things, <laughs> you know, it's literally more about connection and intimacy. Can you, um, like, further that yeah you summed it up very well yeah it's not uh, god is not an an amazon uh, and so on you you ask something and it all arrives tomorrow yeah four hour delivery (laughs) oh that's no that is not that because that's what comes from our ego whatever we think we need comes from our ego in the most cases now there may be of course people around us who are sick and we pray for them for their health and so on but again we are praying for their well-being and so on. This means that I seem to be knowing exactly what is right for that person. Maybe the person has to die, even if it's my own child or whatever, as, as horrible as it may sound. I do not know what the most perfect way of life for that person is, but I do can pray to give extra energy to that person so that whatever God's will is may happen. So it is very helpful. Prayers are very helpful. But I think most important, as I said earlier, have a very personal connection. Hey, you're Inspired Tribe. I want to take a quick sec. I wanted to share something today with you that is really dear to my heart. And it's actually what keeps the entire ecosystem around Inspired Evolution thriving my one-on-one coaching. So it's basically coaching that helps you live a spiritually aligned life. I coach people from all different types of walks of life, but these people are leaders and they're looking to have an incredible spiritual impact in the lives that they're leading for themselves and then also lead in alignment to their values. Now, you don't have to take my word for it. Here's a few people that have also transformed through my coaching and here's what they have to say. Amrit is a fantastic coach. In a few sessions, he got to a depth that I'd only experienced before working with certain medicines. And He's gone through a lot of the struggles that you're probably facing. Then my corporate banking job wasn't really doing it. You feel like you're not making progress towards your goals. And Amrit's been a really strong, supportive figure in my journey. I'm more in control of myself. I'm kinder to myself. I actually have that vision and a purpose. I do feel like I'm a better version of myself already. Amazing energy. He was easy to talk to, which made me easy to trust him. Working with Emmerich at nine o'clock on a Saturday morning and really I was bouncing out of bed. Whenever I get off the calls with Emmerich, best money we've ever spent. I would not recommend him because I don't want everyone to know about him and then I won't be able to book him. If he gets too busy, I won't get my turn. I would say absolutely. There's no way you can work with Amrit for a period of time without being transformed. So if you're considering him as a coach, do not hesitate because you won't be disappointed. 
As you guys can see, there's a lot of people all over the world from all these different corners experiencing incredible transformations. I don't think if I can say humbly myself that there is anything quite like this somewhere else online. Most people that you know have channels that you know grow and grow and grow don't really focus on one-to-one -one offerings. I have just found that it is the most profound space where you can bring yourself in a private container and really just share what's going on for yourself. And if you want to book in for that call with me, touch base, it's www amrit.coach forward slash life that's www.amrit.coach forward slash l-i-f-e there is a link in the show notes below to book in that call and yeah if you want to take your journey further if you want to dive in deeper and you really want to live a spiritually aligned life if it's for you please do check it out and without too much further ado once again for your spirit for yourself today's podcast now when my next question was going to be around the evolution of ego now this is a really weird sort of question to ask but i'm hoping i can ask it correctly so the like human beings are evolving at all times the name of the podcast is inspired evolution and spirit i'm sure is evolving at all times um the dance of the universe you know we say it's ever expanding it's expanding consciousness is evolving the evolving nature of ego do you I guess we've come to the point in the conversation where we really are have reconciled the fact that from your awareness, and I, I'm conscious that's where we started the podcast today as well, is like you describing that this awareness is, you know, for you and, um, you know, for people to sort of feel into that. But there is ego at one end, which is, you know, um, and then our divine nature at the other end almost. Um, and, yeah, there's an invitation to, you know, reconcile back into our divine nature, but I'm sure our divine nature is consistently evolving. And so the ego is potentially evolving as well. Um, do you think our relationship with ego is evolving and, you know, the advancements in technology and everything that's happening, future generations, I'm tuning into the younger generation, more and more people do seem to be I want to say more and more awake, um, but again, it might just be my 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 um, echo chamber um, and my ecosystem that I'm in. But it does seem like people's relationship with ego is evolving, and the awareness around it is shifting as well. Um, what do you think the evolution of ego looks like at present, or is there, or is it just what it is? And yeah, does my question make sense? Yeah, I think, I guess, well, first, I like to believe that the ego, uh, uh, if the ego evolves, it evolves negative, downhill. It becomes stronger, more negative, like we see on the planet of Earth. Because the goal is destruction of the ego, destruction, total destruction of whatever has been created. So that is the devolution of, uh, of ego from that point. I would not fight the ego. I would not, uh, uh, because fighting makes it just stronger. As I said earlier... I, we are given, we, we just live by the Ten Commandments, the Sermon on the Mount, and the Golden Rule. Don't, don't do unto others what you don't want them to do unto you. Or do to others what you want them to do to you. Uh, so, so that Golden Rule itself can guide us. Now, with regarding of um, technology and so on, advancing and so on, I have got a video on technology, and it is not what I would say what most people believe the spiritual world has given us clear instruction that the what we control all this technical um, invention telephone cars airplanes are all clumsy copies of our true orig origin of spiritual being done created by our ego 
and uh, therefore they are all creating negative side effects even the electric cars which is now praised we find out that all the, the lithiums create and so on that makes so much pol more pollution than anything else the reason is because our true nature as a spirit being we can communicate with everything we don't need a telephone we can do the, we can move by thought from here to there for that we don't need an airplane or a car so our true nature is whatever our technology are giving us the satellite etc we our true nature already has it these are all very basic three-dimensional substitutes and we think they are great invention but they are there actually they harm us and they destroy the world as we have seen look at the destruction we have made by the minerals etc and by, by the exploitation of the planet earth just to create all these cars these uh, phones all the stuff which we consider is such a wonderful invention it is all clumsy material which our ego has created because it cannot create the high form of how we were we have it in ourselves to communicate and to be at it in, 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 in and move ourselves just by the power of thought that is our true skills and our true origin and that's where we return to therefore i have a slightly different view about technology technology is actually here to bind us again we identify with our car our apple phone our apple watch etc whatever there is and it all binds us binds us binds us instead of setting us free and says forget this garbage i'm going to now really be here the end now and I'm trying, I don't need all this stuff anymore. And a lot of people do that already. They are going away. And you said there are a lot of young people in Germany, I read a article, they're already going back to the to the flap phones, uh, with, uh, very simple ones, without uh, any any text messages and so on. So uh, they're making their life already easy. They realize how we were bound and enslaved by these technologies. It's fascinating to think, even just for a moment, how far technology and things like this has come. And I don't want to be the one that's demonizing technology in this conversation. It's definitely not the nature of this. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but one of the things, you know, like I've read some really great books because um, Australia is a very young country, 200 years young. And 200 years, when you think if about If you ignore the uh, people who grew there, lived there before for hundreds well, of thousands. Well, this is the thing, right? And because right. it wasn't called okay. Australia back then, right? So it was this whole, and <laughs> okay. that was going to be my okay. point. Because, you know, three, you know if an average generation, let's say, is 80, 80, 80 years old. It's like three generations, right. yeah? Right, I know um, what you mean. 80, 80, 80, and then like three, right. you know, descendants ago, potentially, you've got um, this culture. And, you know, tuning into some Indigenous elders, they were able to pass messages on the wind. And yeah. it sounds so like your ego mind just goes, oh, 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 that doesn't make sense. How do you control? And it's like, you know, there's a lack of understanding and all this sort of stuff. And you go, whoa, you know, like our spiritual, like you said, we're connected to everything. And there was so much that was available. And I've read some of these books about how, you know, even the kids, you know, were able to tell where the ducks were a kilometre away just based on how the river looked down here you know there was this interconnectedness when you were living with the land and in connection um and that's available and then the synthetic nature of what you're describing it's like okay now there's wi-fi we are all connected all the time to all the things but you know the ego has tried to construct something that mirrors something that's available spiritually it's quite profound to take a moment to sit back and just reflect and i think there is an opportunity you know the easy access point for me is just reflecting on the indigenous culture here because it it seems like it's you know indigenous makes it sound like ancient 
but it was just 200, like 200, 200's not that much. 200 years ago, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, you have met truly, I'm sure, a lot of special people on your podcast who had certain talents like um, reading minds and reading auras and special gifts. And this is a this was a common thing we all did at one time. Uh, but today it's only for very few people. So uh, that's why this whole technology, which we think is so wonderful, is actually enslaving us. And not only enslaving us, it has also polluted the planet Earth to an extent which is virtually, to, uh, yeah, it's a, a disaster. Uh, so that's the unfortunate thing. But I agree, I'm using Zoom like you are using Zoom right now, and I've got my cell phone and so on. We can't really live without it right now. But uh, again, coming back to our ego, I said earlier, the problem is attachment. How much am I attached to it? Having it is one thing, and being a steward of it, that's fine. But saying this is mine, 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 and don't take it away, then we have a problem. That's what the ego does. Hans. Wow, such a profound conversation diving into the nature of the ego. Um, for me personally, just, yeah, the big takeaway being once again in these conversations with you, just as a massive reminder of, yeah, just how much propensity, um, you know, just the subtle shifts in our awareness can make towards, you know, the karmic influence that we have on ourselves and the world as a whole. Um, and, you know, touching back into our divine nature, you know, the seven dimensions of our divinity, um, and really, you know, the antithesis of those and how that has become the momentum of me, me, me of the ego and really the, you know, and, you know, being able to tune into higher frequency and raise our vibration by thinking, like contemplating those divine natures, um, and I'll list them in the show notes below for everybody to be able to access. And then also, you know, the three sort of tendrils that grip when it comes to the ego, you know, the control, the lack and the attachment really gives us something to really witness and work on with the witnessing um, self-observation reflection, you know, and the reflection that you've offered us as a tool to just reflect and see, you know, where you haven't been operating from your divine nature and more and more from ego and I think it's a really profound conversation we've had to enable us to soften um, the grip of the ego and provided a lot of reasons, I guess, for why we should do that. Um, I'm feeling like the podcast isn't closed, but I am closing. So is there anything else you wanted to add? <laughs> uh, no, I think, Amrit, you did wonderful uh, to, to, to get this all to the surface through your question and self-exploration. And I, I thank you for it because... As I speak loud to you and so on, I'm also listening to myself. I am talking to myself. Mm -hmm. And when I was having the little disturbance here with the drinking, my throat and so on, that was a message for me. So I'm continuously learning and uh, gaining from these conversations. So, and I hope if some of your listeners also gain something from it, that would be wonderful. Oh, touch wood, Hans. Your humility and grace in all of this is always beyond inspiring. Thank you so much once again for sharing yourself so abundantly here with us. I know for a fact that the audience love having you on and just yeah, having these conversations with you and we get so much from these conversations. So yeah, again, I want to thank you for your time here today. But as always, it's you know a lifetime's worth of work that you've invested in your own explorations, your own curiosities. Your YouTube channel will be linked in the show notes below for those that want to go check out Life Explained and Hans explaining these 
mega, 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 mega spiritual universal laws and concepts in like short, 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 very short bite-sized videos, which is super snackable. Yeah, snackable. Yeah, snackable wisdom. I think that's for the first time we had the conversation. That's what we what we described it as. So that'll all be linked in the show notes below. But I think it also just, um, yeah, I don't want to say too much about it, but also at the same time, it's rude not to acknowledge just the mastery that it takes to explain complicated processes uh, with simplicity. So just really acknowledging you, Hans, for who you are and what you're holding and what you're creating for all of us here. And I really, really sincerely appreciate you for it. Thank you so much. Thank you, Amrit. It was an honor and pleasure to have been with you. And maybe we do it again sometime. I can't wait. Okay. Thank you so much for tuning in to this amazing episode of The Inspired Evolution. Without you, the Inspired Evolution tribe, this podcast would not be what it is today. Thank you so much for your love and your support. Thank you so much for being so inspired to evolve. It's truly inspiring. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe to The Inspired Evolution on YouTube, the home of The Inspired Evolution's video podcast. We release inspiring conversations such as this every week, along with guided meditations and empowering insights all designed to help you grow and evolve. Honestly, your subscription on YouTube to the channel helps us out a great deal. And one of the other benefits, if you're having any insights or shifts from these episodes that you want to chat about, or if you'd like to leave myself or the guest a message, please do so in the comments on YouTube. I truly look forward to hearing from you. And as always, Tribe, remember to stay inspired and keep evolving. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.